Warning. <laughs> Warning. This. Warning. This podcast is a lot like a Christmas present, and I'm just waiting for you to unwrap me. Welcome one, welcome all to part two of a Real Treats podcast Christmas episode. I don't know about you, but Christmas always has me feeling sentimental. Wow. Charles, these top five movies that we're about to talk about (laughs) mean so much to my soul. But first, before we get to them, we need to talk about the movie that we watched, Krampus. I just showed it to you. It was on my top ten list. It was uh, seven or eight for me. So for you, my friend, I want to know what, what you think. Would it make your top ten? Would it even make your top 20? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I had a feeling you would no, say that. No, it's okay. I honestly don't. I really want to thank you. Thank you so much for showing me this movie. You're I, welcome. I, I love when people show me movies that I haven't seen before and then after I watch them, know that I will never watch them again. <laughs> and this is one of those movies. So thank you. I don't mean to put a Krampus in your style over there. I know I've used that already. But I, I thank you for showing me a ridiculous, ridiculous fucking movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched it. I sat through it. I, I didn't fall asleep, which Wait. I actually I was getting a little tired. It is it is a little late, but I, uh, I it was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. I mean, I I like David Kochner and I I I like Adam Scott as well, and I couldn't believe that Adam Scott even agreed to do this movie. Yeah, or Tony Collette for that. Yeah, matter. yeah. Uh, and I also I really like Conchata Farrell, and yes, uh, obviously she just died mm-hmm. uh, piece, like yeah. six months ago or something like I that. I thought you said October. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. So, so it, it's been it's been pretty recent. Yeah. So only a few months ago, um, but uh, it was good to see her. And uh, one last thing, I guess. Well, of course, this was five years before she died. But you know, in, in her latter years. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It was good to see her again, especially since uh, it, Two and a Half Men is pretty much unwatchable now. Uh, <laughs> I, I did like David Kochner's that one line that he said like twice or like. <laughs> Well, it was about the Christmas cookies, Yeah, he was, right? I just got I just, my ass kicked by gingerbread co- or Christmas cookies. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, it's definitely a ridiculous movie. I, I'll give you that. I remember liking it a lot more, <laughs> than, you know, than, yeah. and then rewatching it. It's like, oh, man, this was pretty dumb. But I will still watch this, uh, you know, many more times next uh. Christmas. If I get the opportunity, I'm going to watch that movie because it's just – it's fun. It's fun, and, and it's ridiculous. I'm going to I'm gonna need a full year before I even decide if I can watch Krampus 2. There's like, a second one? I think there's like four. Oh, no. They made a bunch of them. Oh, they shouldn't have done like. that. But, um, I mean, oh, God. The, the Krampus <laughs> himself, he's like this – Half man, half. I guess he's like a a minotaur or something. Yeah, he's I like mean, an old man like mixed with a goat. Minotaurish, yeah, uh, a, a goat tar. Uh. I don't fucking know. I liked Belschnickel better from fucking The Office. I liked I liked Belschnickel's thing from from Dwight Schrute. Thank you, 
Dwight Schrute for Belschnickel. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, Krampus, man. I, I don't know what else. What did you say. think about the gingerbread man, the evil gingerbread man? I thought the, all uh, the monsters were, were ridiculous. Yeah, uh, definitely. The the gingerbread man, the whatever the hell that weird robot thing was, I, I still don't. Yeah, I don't know either, now. yeah. And then you had, like, the the. The jack in the box, the jackass in the box. Hey, dude, that thing was <laughs> large, man. Yeah, it was very. I forgot big. how well, big that it, thing eight was. Eight children, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, it had to be pretty big. All right, well, for me, like what I remember the most about it was loving the ending. It's just such a shocker. I, I the the main reason why it was on my list is because uh, I, I have fond memories of going to the theater to see it, and also the fact that it's a Christmas horror movie that is self-aware. Like it's not trying to act like this is like it's serious. You know, like, especially in Adam Scott's reactions, he's like, oh, come on, you know, a bunch of times. And he's like, oh, geez, really? It's like it's like he knows he's in a movie and that this ridiculous shit is happening and he, he has no control over it. Right. And then I ultimately love the ending. What did you think about the ending? The ending was was pretty cool. I mean, like you're talking about like the last 20 seconds. Of yeah, the yeah. Ending, the final they, like reveal. Yeah, the, the yeah we don't have to spoil. Thing. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. say Snow Globe thing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I did like that. I, it, it's kind of like uh, Men in Black's ending, like the very ten, last 10 seconds of Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Where they like zoom out, zoom out, zoom out from Earth to the solar system to the galaxy, whatever, and then it, it's all in just like one marble inside this giant alien's hand, and yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that yeah. they did that with the snow globes. Yeah, that was neat. It was a saving grace. You know, surprisingly, IMDb has this ranked a six point two, which is better than Firewall when we were talking about that in the last episode. <laughs> That's crazy. I would, wow. I would, I would. I'm not surprised it's like higher than six. So I am definitely surprised it's higher than six. I, I man, I I liked it. I really did. It's it, it's, it's okay. Again, I I'm glad I watched it. It's not going to win any. You I'm know, glad crazy I know awards. never to watch it again. Yeah. Now you got it out of your system. If someone was like, "Hey, man, do you want to watch Krampus? It's Christmas," and I'd be like. Like, fuck no. <laughs> now so, you know. <laughs> so thank you. I really appreciate it. There's no way in hell I'm watching that again. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. But anyway, I guess uh, it's time to uh, – so thank you, by the way, though. Seriously, Dalton. Thank you for showing me something because usually it's me that shows you something. So I'm glad that – I'm glad that even though they're not great movies, you still have movies to show me that I haven't seen. (laughs) Oh, Charles, you slay me. Oh, I'll (laughs) be slaying you later, too. (laughs) I meant like, 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 like Santa Slay. Oh, that's not what I meant at all. Oh, well, in that case, I think we should just start the episode. I guess so. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and finish our top five Christmas movies because we in the last part did six through ten or ten through six and now we're gonna go through five through one so let's go ahead and get to it oh man I'm really excited all right let's go let's go Friends, my number five mm. is. Oh, why'd you do that? Mm. <laughs> I'm excited. I <laughs> got you. Yeah. Uh, Home Alone Two. Oh. Home Alone Two. Uh, I truly love this because it took place in New York, and uh, I, I was I was sh- shocked that they were able to do a sequel to Home Alone mm. and all of its greatness, and it and it be great again and on its own as well and he wasn't even at home this time no yeah he, <laughs> right yeah oh and actually i did in looking up things to talk about i noticed 
uh, one thing where Chris Columbus, the um, director, he didn't want to name it Home Alone 2. He didn't want people to like think that it was a sequel uh, or something like that. Yeah. So I guess it kind of makes sense. They ended up sticking with that title at Home Alone 2, end. Lost in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was like this the, the subtitle to it, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, that's not the word for it. Subtitle? What's the word? I don't know. The... I don't know. It's just that is the title. It's yeah, just, uh, yeah. Okay, it is the title. Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Lost in New York. Lost in New York came out in 1992, a couple years after the original. Uh, directed by Chris Columbus, stars Macaulay Culkin, uh, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, and Tim Curry as well. Yeah. There's a bunch of others. Rob Schneider too. Um, so, uh, like I said, how they're how they're gonna make this for, uh, again? I, as far as like how are they gonna get him to be alone? They took him away from home. How is he gonna end up in New York alone? I thought it was brilliant how they made it happen. Uh, they make sure, the family makes sure that Kevin is in the van this time. Mm-hmm. A- and so, all right. Has his own ticket and yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so they're learning from their, mis- their mistakes there. But then at the airport, he gets, uh, like, he, he, he ends up following the wrong person, thinking that it's, that it's his dad. They, mm-hmm. They're both wearing, like, that long, like, same coat, brown. Yeah. yeah, the same coat. So he, he thinks he's uh, following his dad. And then he ends up boarding the wrong plane due to a kind steward stewardess thinking she's doing the right thing. It's time to like board the plane. He's got to go. He's got to get on. Well, she he ran into her and they dropped all the boarding passes. Oh, oh, and right. And he's got lost within the See, mix. It, so. There you go. So yeah. they 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 made sure that like all these like coincidences like made sense. To, right. Yeah. And so next thing he knows, he ends up in New York. And when the face that he makes when he realizes that he's all alone again. <gasps> I did it again. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was absolutely great. Uh, in this movie, he ends up uh, he ends up going to the uh, the hotel. What was the hotel called actually? Do you remember? It's a Plaza Hotel. The Plaza Hotel, right? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, right next to Central Park. Uh, yeah, and so uh, the, Rob Schneider as the bellhop is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry, the suspicious hotel manager, uh, is great. And uh, man, have you met a man kinder than Mr. Duncan? At the, at no, the toy, the no. toy store that he goes I, I to. I love that guy. Yeah, he's, growing up, I that was he's the nicest man in the just world. Just like wish that he was like my grandpa. You know. Although you know, it was really funny. I I came across a meme. So you know, uh, you know, at the very end of the movie, he gives the pigeon lady one of the two the turtle, turtle doves, doves. Mm-hmm. and I just I saw this meme that was like, it's like, oh great, I don't own a house, but now I got to carry this fucking thing around. <laughs> Which I just thought was so funny. Yeah. I was like, I don't even have a house. I got to carry around a fucking ornament for a tree. Great. Yeah, right. Thanks. Have you uh, <laughs> um, have you seen the meme where, where people are saying that, um, that oh, who's that, that British uh, anchor guy? Uh, he had to confirm that he wasn't the the pigeon lady. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw Morgan. that. I did see that. Uh, yeah. Morgan, right? Yeah. yeah I did <laughs> he kind of does now that he's like gotten older and, and a little heavier. He kind of looks like Yeah, him. yeah. I, did <laughs> I thought see that was that. funny too. Um, I love how um, in in the movie they they brought back uh, the that that fake uh, in movie movie you know it, the angels with with filthy souls mm, with filthier souls this yeah time. it's called yeah it's it's called angels with filth even even filthier souls even filthier now. souls and uh, there's there's that one part where Kevin has to <clears throat> like trick all the people in the in the uh, who work in the hotel they're like onto him now and they're about to bust into the door. And catch him, and he plays the the movie, and the guy's like, uh, he, he's like, uh, you've been smooching with everybody, Bony Boy, Al, Snuffy, Cliff, and then there's a security guard, yeah, whose Named name Cliff. is Cliff, and they all look at him, and he's, he's like, what? It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. Oh man, they 
you can uh, you can mess with a lot of things, obviously, but you cannot mess with kids on Christmas. Um, it was a uh, keep the change, I felt the animal. <laughs> what kind of idiots do you have working here? <laughs> Finest in New York, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I uh, at that one part where um, the so Kevin finally real uh, he he realizes that they're going to be robbing Duncan's toy store, right? And so he he goes and he takes a picture of them outside uh, of the glass and and he's like say cheese and then uh, freaking Marv actually like smiles yeah. for it yeah I, I think I, he was even like he was like he took a picture how was my hair yeah he, does, <laughs> yeah, he says something like along those lines what they didn't want to be the wet bandits this time no, the he's like we're gonna be the bandits. sticky bandits yeah <laughs> oh man wait why did, what did he do that was gonna make them the sticky bandits he had a uh, he had like tape and glue like shit all around all over his hand and then he like Put it in the the like um, Salvation oh, the change, Army yeah, jar. Yeah, the change jar, right? Yeah. yeah, or not the not the change, like the the you know the donations. The donations. Yeah, thing, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. That was funny too. Um, Great movie. Harry, it is one of my favorites. Harry walking around checking all the lights because he he learned from the last time. Like when you finally get to the. Uh, oh god, he's got the, the hiccups again. Yeah, dude. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, so so uh, Kevin, instead of obviously he can't do it at, at home now where he he holds it down. And sets all these booby traps like a freaking monster that he is, and instead he takes them to the uh, the the old that that uh, Kevin tries to go to their what like their uncle's house. Or yeah, something. it's like his uncle or cousin. Yeah, he's getting it re- renovated. Yeah. And so he, and he's not even there, and so he decides to use that, and and so when he finally gets them and lures them back, Harry and Marv. Uh, taking them through. I loved all the like new booby traps that he came up with. But in the beginning of it, Harry's like walking around, like he's like checking all the lights. Yeah. And he's like he's like ready for like anything to happen. What was your What was your favorite booby trap in that one? Uh, favorite booby trap in that one? Um, mm-hmm. I know what mine is. I know what it sure. is. I, it's it's uh it's when oh it, it it's doing with the lights. It's it's on finally the fourth one. Yeah. When when he he finally clicks the light. And then it sets his head on fire, and so he turns and like it. It, it was just genius of Kevin. He he not only thought to you know set his head on fire, but he thought about what would he do after that. Yeah, to put the fire out. Right. Yeah. And he looks over and he sees the toilet and he and with water, but it's not water. It's kerosene. So yeah. he puts his head in it and it just basically explodes. Yeah. That was my favorite. What was your favorite? Oh, my favorite was uh, when Marv. He's he's in like the I guess he, well he already fell all the way through the giant hole in the floor. Floor. and then yeah. he like he he's like slipping on this green shit all over the floor and he like does this little dance thing with his stomach <laughs> and then all of a sudden like he falls and he like flies into like just shelves of paint and then to wash him the paint off his face he goes to the sink but the sink uh has like a generator hooked up to it or whatever and so like he just starts like <laughs> and then he's like a skeleton and it's, it's sort of like <laughs> It's right, so yeah, yeah. great. It, all of a sudden, it it, it it just changes, and then he yeah. literally is a skeleton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not his part. face anymore. Yeah, it's just a fucking skeleton with, with like his hair all the way up. It's so dude, fucking that is funny. My kind of comedy, man. Yeah, I dude, love that. That was all, all easily my favorite prank and, and, in that one. Yeah, and and this, that was him again thinking ahead. He's like, he's gonna run into all this paint, and then he's gonna want to go wash it off. And so I'm gonna set this sink to you know to, right to to electrocute him yep. basically. Uh, so at the end, uh, it, it's a funny movie and it's, it's got a lot of comedy and, uh, and a lot of, you know, it's the same booby, the, the booby trap. It's, it follows like a, a similar formula as the first one. And 
but it still also retains the wholesomeness that comes from the first one of learning. Mm-hmm. You know, the it's at the end. The holidays are all about your family and how how uh, beautiful it is when you finally are like reunited after being away. Especially you know when when it's like not on purpose you know and so at the end when uh finally he sees his mom at the christmas tree at rockefeller center that was that was really nice to me and the pigeon lady we mentioned her she's so wholesome and kind and him giving her the turtle dove at the end even though she's now having to carry it all over all around that 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 just that made me giddy when i first saw it man yeah no yeah it's a nice moment i i no, i thought the meme kind of ruined that for me i was like i know right but it was funny as hell too memes can do that it's like when you when you like think about it realistically yeah <laughs> you know it's like well damn <laughs> so uh to, to finish this off i uh, i told you in in the bonus episode that we did that i was gonna have some trivia for you okay. at the end of all of my movies because I'm, I'm this I'm, one i probably am gonna be all right at well, for well, this movie well i don't know we'll see this is this is a, a trivia outside of uh well i have a couple questions here we'll just See how, how you like it, okay? So, Macaulay Culkin, how much was he paid? I'm going to give you multiple choice. How, how much was he paid for to be in this movie? Uh, 750000 $2 million, $1.5 million, or $4.5 million? I'm going to go with 1.5, final answer. <laughs> $4.5 million. Uh, I was going to say that, but I was like, ah, that's still a lot. Yeah. And you know his parents like ripped him off or some shit. Did they really? Up. Something like that. That happens. I don't know. That's that's why he had a pretty hard childhood after all this well, shit. But uh, you know, Macaulay Cole, I really like him, man. He's Four and a half awesome. million, though. That's it, pretty. Actually, I, that probably made him like the top paying child actor at the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, Macaulay Culkin, I, I heard him in a, a podcast with Joe Rogan. Have you listened to that that episode? Not that particular one, no. The, it's a good one, man. It, it's it's really good uh, because Macaulay Culkin's he's chill, man, and. And Joe Rogan asked him, you know, what it, what is it like, you know, being the guy, you know, who's in Home Alone and being this child star and, and everything. And Coley Culkin said he definitely – his life is unique to himself, mm. and, and he likes that. You know, we, none of us none of us were the kid in Home Alone except for him, and so he's had a very unique life. And so – Definitely unique. Yeah. yeah. A little, yeah. little no bizarre. One's... There's some <laughs> weird shit out there, too, yeah. which I'll probably get to later. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll get to it. And then final last trivia question for this, and we'll hear your number five, is uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother is in this. Mm-hmm. Which character did he play? Uh, the the one that peed the bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of his name. Um, yeah, what's his like, character? It's like Fritz or... Oh, close, uh, yeah, Fuller. Fuller. Mm-hmm. Fuller. snotty nose cousin Fuller. Yep. 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 All right, that's Home Alone 2 for me. All right, that was number five. My number five, you ready to talk about it for the third time? <laughs> Hell yeah. It's Gremlins. Okay, anyway. So give us a, your own unique perspective. Yeah, so I d- I'm not going to say too much about it. We know we've already talked about it mm-hmm. twice. Uh, directed by Joe Dante. I did want to say that, you know, he also directed Small Soldiers. Awesome fucking oh, movie. Cool. Yeah. And this was written by Christopher, uh, Chris Columbus. So, nice. Which we were just talking about, who directed Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Man, he, he definitely rocks uh, the Christmas right. uh, movies. And even, he, I know he directed one or two of the Harry Potter movies. And he did some are, Harry Potters, yeah. They, like, I they think have he a Christmas did, feel to them. He did, he did a, he's done so much. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he was involved in the Goonies as well and stuff like that, but... I'm not going to get into details about this movie. We know it's got Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, Hoyt Axton, the awesome folk singer who I've been listening to mm-hmm. kind of recently. I even showed you, I think. Yeah. You know, you got Judge Reinhold, Corey Feldman from The Goonies. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's this cute little furry thing that 
Um, they have that has three rules. The rules get broken. He turns in. They turn into gremlins and shit, and the town gets terrorized. <laughs> I was literally thinking like, and then they just terrorize the town. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. That's the whole <laughs> movie. So I'm just gonna go to fun facts. Okay, right, you ready? Fun, fun yeah. fact. Uh, fun fact number one is that this movie came out one day and six years before I was born, which was June eighth, nineteen eighty four. So surprisingly, this was not. It didn't come out around the holidays. It was a summer movie. Oh, wow. And yeah. it also came out on the same day as one of my all-time favorite Bill Murray movies, Ghostbusters. Same day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, and, uh, you know, as you, I think you mentioned this before, it's the same set as Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but when we were watching this, we kept discussing the special effects used in the film. Uh, and I know you said something about a monkey, Right. Well, yeah, they considered using monkeys. They considered well, no, using they, they, they monkeys. They did try, but it like freaked out when they put the head on it. Right. Like, right. Said. But so I read that the actual gremlins themselves were not CGI, but they were animatronics. Each one costing between thirty and forty thousand dollars. And every day after shooting, they checked everyone's trunks of their cars to make sure no one was oh, right, stealing yeah. them and taking them home, huh. which was pretty cool because they had like tons of them. I mean, literally, they used like over like three hundred of these. Little animatronic gremlins. Right, yeah. Which was, God, that must have been expensive after a while. Um, another cool fact, fact is that this movie, along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, is what inspired the creation of the PG-13 rating. I did read that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this movie is, of course, rated PG because it's not bad enough to be R. But Yeah, but they didn't have PG-13. At right. That time. Right. They didn't have PG thirteen exactly. Um, and then I also I read that in the original script the Gremlins actually killed the family dog instead of just hanging him up with the Christmas lights. Uh, and the Gremlins also cut off the mom's head in Whoa. in the original script. Whoa! Dang man. Yeah. So these things were even more. <laughs> they would have been. That would have been rated R. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They needed to make some more money. And right. also, don't kill the dog. Right. Don't kill right. the dog. Yeah. I wish they had made it though. I don't know. I, that would have been a badass movie. Like an unrated. Would have been better than Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so the Mogwai and the Gremlins were voiced by many people, but two of them were Howie Mandel. Cool. And. One of my all-time favorites, the man of 10,000 noises himself, Michael Winslow, mm. did the voices for, for some, of the, some of the monsters, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, then, of course, I also mentioned that Gizbo looks a lot like Furby. Giz- Gizmo? Gizmo. It sounded like you said Gizbo. Oh, no. G- Gizmo, <laughs> Gizmo. Looks a lot like Furby. Yeah, right. The reason for that is because Gizmo was the inspiration for the toy Furby. Yeah, so, that makes sense. There you go. Man, I, did you ever have a Furby? I, I did actually, yeah. yeah I think yeah. we had a couple of them laying around. I had, yeah, I had one red one, and we took the batteries out. Like it, it eventually, it, it died. The batteries died, so we just took them out. And like months later, it was still just sitting on my dresser. And I come home, like from my, we went out to eat or whatever. And I come, I'm like, I'm like maybe eight, nine years old. I come mm. home, I walk into my room, and I, I, cl- uh, and the lights are off. And I close the door, and before I go to turn on the lights, it like it made a noise, like it, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "What?" The, and the lights were off still, so I turned them on real quick, and I turn around, and it's just staring at me. You know, I mean, it always did, and and I didn't, I, I immediately grabbed that one. I checked it, <laughs> batteries were out. I'm not I'm not about to say it was like some supernatural thing, but those things were creepy, and I'm sure it was just. Oh, they're definitely like, creepy. They're yeah, definitely so creepy. I threw that thing in the closet and never saw it again. So yeah. it's probably still in that closet. Dude. Yeah, that was um, that was my last fun fact for this movie. I I 
Uh, I will say that when I was looking up fun facts, there are like just pages and pages of really cool, interesting things about this movie. So if you're interested, go on IMDb and you can look it up yourself or cool. Google, whatever. I will also say, uh, lastly, that there is a sequel to Gremlins called Gremlins 2, The New York Batch. Um, I, or, I mean, the, the New Batch, sorry, but it takes place in New York. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it's kind of like Home Alone 2, lost in New York, <laughs> but it's... Gremlins 2, The New Batch. You need a sequel. Take it to New York. Yeah. I did see it once as a kid. I don't remember it. I'm guessing um, it's not very good. Yeah, No, I, I, I don't remember hating it. I cool. just I just don't remember really anything about it other than the fact that it takes place in New York. So maybe you and me will we'll we watch that, that one day. We watch. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. cool. So that's it for my number five. All right. So number four for me was uh, or is The Santa Claus 2. The Santa Claus 2. Yes. Okay. I, uh, I knew that you would have Santa Claus on your list, so I didn't put Santa Claus. I put Santa Claus 2. They're both neck and neck to me. If I had to choose one that I like more, it probably would be Santa Claus, but I this one I, is also like very, very high up there right next to it. I thought it was a very good sequel. Uh, it came out in 2002. It was directed by David Limbeck, and it stars the lovely Elizabeth Mitchell and then also Tim Allen. And uh, so it starts off, Scott Calvin has been Santa Claus for many years now, and he's truly happy, and he's a great Santa Claus. A great Santa Claus, but there's two major issues that are going on in this movie. The first one is that his son, Charlie, is now on the naughty list. Oh, boy. I know. And also, Santa (laughs) needs to find a Mrs. Claus before Christmas, or he ceases to become Santa Claus. It's called the Mrs. Claus. Damn, you know, that's weird. I know his name is Charlie, but I feel like I'm also on the naughty list, and I feel like I'm also looking for Mrs. Claus. Damn, so, dude. So this movie's like basically this speaks you to right me. now. Yeah, yeah, it speaks to your me. soul. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, if uh, anybody out there is looking for their Mr. Their Mr. Claus, Mr. Claus. hit this man up because uh, <laughs> he's got a big one, a big heart. <laughs> a big heart. A big heart. <laughs> Got a big heart on right now. Heart Whoa. on. Oh, heart. I said heart on. I thought that was Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> That's get, my dog. Get your way. heart on with me. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> man, it's just a fun, uh, a really fun, enjoyable Christmas movie. I really like the romance between Tim Allen's Santa Claus, as aka Scott Calvin, and Elizabeth Mitchell, uh, who plays like the 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 like mean. She's not necessarily mean. She's just like strict. Uh, principal of Charlie's high school, mm. and uh, and dude, and and as soon in the very beginning, Charlie like breaks in to go vandalize by he like that's like the only part of the movie I remember. He's like hanging from the gymnasium uh-huh. or something. Yeah, and yeah. He's it's hanging like all in, I and he's and he's tagging the um the gymnasium wall, and then he thinks he's about to get away with it, and then the ladder pops up next to the next to him on the wall, and then when you see Elizabeth Mitchell, who man, she is like she is so gorgeous and. As soon as I saw her, I was like, "Well, that's gonna be Mrs. Claus." I already knew it. Like, I I, I didn't look up anything the before principal. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I just knew it. And then as it as it goes along, it's like it becomes very obvious because they 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 don't like each other, but it's like playful. Are the like, same parents? I mean, like the mom and the yeah, psychiatrist Judge jo- Reinhold. Judge Reinhold, obviously, it's Judge, Judge Reinhold. The mom awesome. looks different because in the first movie. I think she had longer hair. No, she then, had like short brown hair. It was like almost okay, like a bowl cut. This one, it's longer now. Yeah, yeah, and and so she doesn't look the same. But it's, it's also been like six. I think it, I, they did it like six the the same amount of years. Uh, w- whenever the first one came out, they 90. did it. Three, I think it was yeah. ninety two. Maybe maybe ninety four. I think or it's 90, been eight 94, years. Ninety four. Ninety four. It was. Yeah, yeah. So the same amount of time that has passed in real life when they yeah, made the 94. movies was the same amount of time that had passed. 
uh, in, in the actual movie. Okay. Yeah. So um, in the fictional world. So yeah. So yeah. Same same parents. Was it the same son, Charlie? I think it was. I think it was the same guy. I think it, I think it was. Who played the the kid? Did Bernard was he in this? Yeah. 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 Ah, uh, I from, love uh, Bernard. Krumholtz. Yeah. David yeah. Krumholtz. Yeah. I love David he, Krumholtz. He, he's in this as well, and it was great to see him. He he he. He uh he he wasn't as like charming as the first one because you already know who he is like you right. know you know a, a lot about him but he's still amazing to see yeah I I'm sorry this is so unrelated this is this is uh Harold and Kumar Escape from a Guantanamo Bay okay. but my favorite fucking David Crumholtz line my favorite line in any Harold and Kumar movie is why is your ass so dirty don't you wipe <laughs> it's just so like the, I don't know his facial expression the way he says it it just <laughs> Oh, it tickles my funny bone every time I see it. But anyway, okay. David Crumble's great, man. Yeah, he's, I love David Crumble. Awesome. He's funny as fuck. Um, so when it came to this movie, uh, like I said, I, I just really like the romance, and I, I genuinely like cried at one point when I can't remember now like what when it was, but like Tim Allen and Elizabeth Mitchell just had some amazing chemistry in this, and their acting was on point and dude and not even to mention uh to toy santa they create the toy santa and tim allen's portrayal as the toy santa who basically just becomes like the nazi overlord of the north pole while tim while scott the real scott calvin's away trying to find his mrs claus i thought his portrayal of the toy santa was great and then in the end uh when <clears throat> uh when uh scott when the real santa claus is trying to like take the sleigh back from toy santa claus toy santa claus says to him when they're fighting he's like you're a sad strange little man and it's and that was <laughs> yeah. alluding to buzz toy lightyear who yeah was, toy story yeah, yeah voiced by tim allen so that was great so that's it for me i just want to ask you a trivia question okay uh peter boyle plays father time in this movie santa claus 2 but he also played a character in the first movie. Which character was that? It was his boss. Yeah, yeah, his boss. At uh, the toy company. Mr. Whittle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Boom, baby. <laughs> Good one. All, All right. right, number three for you. Four, you mean? Or sorry, number four. Yeah. <clears throat> You're a mean one, Mr. Oh, nice. Grinch. Nice. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't help it. I like to sing that song. Yeah, That's one of my favorite Christmas karaoke songs to do. Yeah. Obviously, if you didn't get it, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the yep. 2000 film by Ron Howard is my number four, starring Jim Carrey as the Grinch. You got Jeffrey Tambor, Christine Baranski, Bill mm-hmm. Irwin, Molly Shannon, and Taylor Momsen as Cindy, Cindy Lou Who. Cindy Lou Who. She was so mm-hmm. cute. She was so cute. Yeah. Well, now she's sexy. <laughs> have you seen her? I'm yeah, not she's kidding. A, she's, she's like a rock star. Yeah, now. she's like in a band. I think uh-huh. I think that's one of my facts on here. But anyway, that's my number seven. The best of all the Doctor Seuss based movies, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You mean your number four? You said seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, number four. It's all good. I don't know why I said number seven. But um, and yeah, of course, I mean the Jim Carrey version, not the 2018 version, which I just actually saw. It's Benedict not... Cumberbatch. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, didn't, I, I don't uh, care to see it. This is the best version. I didn't understand why they even had to make it. We already had like the perfect yeah, Grinch money. movie. Yeah, the, don't don't touch this movie. I don't <laughs> know. And you know, and not the original classic, which came out in 1966. I do mean the Jim Carrey one. Great story, and one that was definitely read to me as a child with. A great message that Christmas isn't about the presents and the gifts, but about finding joy and love with friends and family around you. Um, of course, we all know the story. Grinch is this green guy, hates Christmas, wants to destroy it for the Who's of Whoville. He dresses up as Santa Claus and steals all the presents and stockings and Christmas trees and lights from them, only to learn 
that to them that wasn't what it was all about. And so his heart grows three times that day, and he gives the presents back. It's just a, a, a wonderful adaptation and uh, take on the children's book, and Jim Carrey really makes this hilarious and a joy to watch. I mean, for, for people of all all ages, I mean, as adults. That role, man. Yeah, I love this as an adult. I loved it as a kid when it first uh-huh. came out. Like, yeah. there's great lines, hilarious like scenes. Uh, I actually, I think a lot of what I'm going to talk about is just some of his scenes and like and yeah. what he says, yeah. including the scene where he's yelling at his house to hear the echo. He's like, "Hello, Dude, that's my hello, favorite scene. I, how are you? How are you? I asked you first. I asked you first. Oh, that's really mature. Saying exactly what I say. Saying exactly what I say. I'm I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. All right, fine. I'm not talking to you anymore. In fact, I'm going to whisper so that by the time my voice reverberates off the walls and gets back to me, I won't be able to hear it. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> I also love when the mayor proposes to the to the girl and and he says, "If you marry me, along with a lifetime supply of happiness, you'll also receive this. It's a new car, generously provided by the taxpayers of Whoville." <laughs> I love that line. And then my all-time favorite part is this. When, when the Grinch says, The nerve of those who's inviting me down there on such short notice. Even if I wanted to go, my schedule wouldn't allow it. Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. <laughs> Four-thirty, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger, tell no one. <laughs> Five-thirty, jazzercise. Six-thirty, dinner with me, I can't cancel that again. Seven o'clock, wrestle with my self-loathing. I'm booked! Of course, if I bumped the loathing to nine, I could still be done in time to lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, and slip and s- slip slowly into madness. But what would I wear? <laughs> that's my that's my favorite part of the movie uh, by far. He's getting ready to like go down there, and he's like he's checking himself out in the mirror, and he's like, mm, yes, mm. Uh, uh, that's it. I'm not going. Ooh, yeah, that's it. I'm not going. <laughs> so I do funny, love that. Yeah. Jury duty, jury duty, blackmail, chain letter, eviction notice. <laughs> I love that he throws in chain letter in right? there. <laughs> I also have some really cool fun facts about right, this movie. Let's hear those fun facts. So Jim Carrey spent 92 days in the Grinch makeup, which took two hours to get on and one hour to take off. Talk and about he, commitment, man. He actually felt so uncomfortable at, at times in the latex skin that he actually had to get counseling from a CIA agent who taught him... Torture resistance techniques. Wow. Seriously. I mean, that's that's weird. That's crazy. Uh, also, Carrie, the, uh, the contact lenses that he had to wear. Oh, I know. Yeah. The yellow ones. Yeah. They, they, they bothered him so much that they had to, in post, in a lot of scenes, just color in his eyes. Right. And and uh, I also read that uh, after he talked to the CIA agent, he, he said uh, that all the sitting in the makeup chair, he actually eventually became a Zen master. So. <laughs> sure, Jim Carrey. Yeah, I know, right? But the the suit uh, itself was actually it was made of yak hair that was dyed green, and Ron Howard, to show appreciation to Jim Carrey for putting up with all the hours and makeup, directed for a whole day in the Grinch suit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Ron Howard's dope. I like that. Another fun fact: no movie ever featured so many characters in so much makeup and costumes since The Wizard of Oz. Damn, that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Momsen, who we were talking about, uh-huh. yeah, she went on to become the lead singer of the band The Pretty Reckless, and it, like I said before, is now super hot. <laughs> it's a good name for a band. 
Tim Burton was once considered to direct this film, but he couldn't due to another project. But he did say he would have made the film a lot darker, and I would have loved to see that. Yeah, me too. I'm glad. I'm very happy with the version we have, but it'd be nice to also have that one. Right. You know, yeah, no, exactly. I, I don't want this one to like not exist, but can we also have that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I, and again, when they came up with the 2018 one, that's when they that's when Tim Burton right. should have been like, okay, I'm taking over now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make this dark. But no. No, we had to get some shitty cartoon version. Ugh, uh, and lastly, unknown to me, the narrator of this film is the great Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, so. dude. I, that's actually one of my trivia questions for you. Oh, well, Wait. I guess... Uh, Ooh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I got it right. Well, oh, there, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I that's, forgot that he's Sir. Yeah. That's it for my number four. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Excellent, love that movie. man. Love that I movie. love it. I love it. Number three for me is the. It, it is debated by people, and I don't. You know, it's it's it, it's whatever. We have this debate every year, but it is a Christmas movie. It is. Die Hard. Yes. Oh my God, Dalton! Can I let you in on a little secret? (laughs) Yes. I wanted to put this on my list so bad, but I couldn't because it's it's on a different list. Ah, what like action or something? Right now, if I were to die, I would die hard (laughs) because this is on your list. So thank you. (laughs) That's that's nice, man. Yeah. Living is living's already hard enough. So when you die, make sure it's hard too. Mm. Oh, I'm always hard. Yeah, dude. (laughs) All right. So this movie. Came out Great in, movie. Came out in 1988, directed by John McTiernan and stars Bruce Willis, mm. Alan Rickman, Reginald Vell Johnson as Sergeant Powell, one of the dopest characters. To He's ever. always playing a cop. He is, isn't always. he? Always. <laughs> He's the, I, this is, Turner and Hooch, Family Matters. The man is always a cop. Yeah, he was great. I mean, there's there's a uh, like a conspiracy theory that he. Uh, that like he in Family Matters was like Sergeant Powell and like this is him like retired later on. Oh really? Like, That's yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, just one of those like random film theories or whatever that people come up with. Even so. though that show came out like right after this movie, right. I think. But yeah, I got you. Yeah, That's just cool. in the fictional universe, it took place a little bit after, I guess. You know, he's like, I've had enough of this shit of terrorists throwing bodies on top of my police car. I'm, and it was the wrong city. But yeah, he moved. And family matters. It was, he was in Chicago. Yeah, he moved. But he, yeah. he got he got the hell out of there. I understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I just it, I love this movie, man. It's it's impossible to not love this movie. I mean, I guess if you don't like action or you don't have a heartbeat, you know, I guess. But this man, the the, the antagonist in movies is typically a physical match for the protagonist. But Hans Gruber is the exact opposite of John McClane. Like he's this suave, elegant man. He quotes famous literature, while McClane is this rugged, tough cop from New York. And I really liked that dichotomy between the two that you have. And there's so many incredible scenes and lines. You know, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Come Love on. that part. Yeah, come on to the coast, get together, have some laughs. <laughs> have some laughs. laughs. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, well, this time, John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. It's Gary Cooper, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's always barefoot the entire movie, yeah, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> Poor bastard. Has to do all this fighting and stepping on glass and uh, getting shot at and it, shit. Like, all in his bare feet. Just That is like your stereotypical like alpha male. Like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get it done however I got to with as little resources that I, you know, at my disposal other than my smarts and my wits and my cunning and my toughness. That's John McClane right there for you. And uh, 
the uh, the two FBI agents, Johnson and Johnson, they're hilarious. Their cockiness, how they they just want to get it done. They go up in the helicopter and then they just have this glorious death where they go out in a ball of fire. That's awesome as well. This this movie just has everything that that you need, man. And I uh, I really love that. I, I showed you this before we we recorded that scene where John McClane meets Hans Gruber. But Hans like thinks that he can like get away with it. He he's like all of a sudden caught. John McClane has the uh, has the machine gun on him, and then and then Hans Gruber fakes an American accent and pretends to be this guy Cliff uh, or no Clay right uh, or no yeah, Bill. Yeah. It was yeah, Bill, it was, it was Bill Will, Clay. Bill Clay. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like sees the name on the uh, on the uh, elevator like list. Yeah, by uh, the stairs or whatever yeah, it was, and, and so what he, what floor was. Who working there? And, yeah, you know, he right, picked exactly. a name, and yeah, it was. It's basically it's Alan Rickman, a British actor, uh, playing or English actor, I guess I should say, playing a German faking an American accent. It's, yeah, it's quite brilliant. I'm the guy. I'm the dude playing the dude disguises another dude. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, he was the first one to do it. Uh, man. So yeah, I mean, this movie, as great as John McClane is, it, the fact that Hans Gruber was one of the all-time villains in film like just skyrockets this movie and makes it yeah. as great as it really is and then yeah. sergeant powell is awesome as well and then whoever uh th- that guy he, the limo driver uh the, do you oh that's he's, one of my trivia questions too. one of my trivia questions for you is do you know his name in the his name in the movie mm-hmm. god you know i just watched this movie and i i uh does it begin with a g no but g g's in it that it's uh think about a uh, style of socks or a, a pattern in general. Oh, uh, like Paisley or something? Like, what? <laughs> Argyle. 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 Okay, I was Argyle, thinking. Dude. I was thinking a G though. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. That's why. I, yeah, and I love how he's like chilling in the like basement or the the you know the the, the parking deck. The parking or... deck. Yeah, parking deck. Yeah, underneath the uh, building, and he's just like listening to jams. Doesn't he have like a giant teddy bear like next to him or something? I don't know. That could be in a different movie, I, but I think he. He does. Well, he had uh, John McClane showed up with the teddy bear, but I, I guess I don't remember him bringing that in. So yeah, I think that bear was chilling yeah, in the limo with him, like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, and 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 how Argyle's just like jamming out, and he's like not even all this craziness is happening above him, and he's just down there just having a good time yeah. with himself. <laughs> he's like on the phone calling uh, bitches and stuff, yeah, and like yeah, right? I don't even worry about it. My boss thinks I'm on my way to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. So just. It, and it's just it's it's a Christmas movie, man. It, it is, is a Christmas. It movie. is, it and 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 to on... those of you who don't think it's a Christmas movie, other than the fact you know, obviously it's a lot of action. It's you know, there's a lot of gunfights and stuff like that. But but there's it's at a Christmas party. There's Christmas trees all the time. But John McClane is asking to to put jing, uh, Christmas music on the radio mm-hmm. when he's in Ar- Argyle's limo yep. when he just got picked up from the airport. That's a good. He's point. asking for Christmas. He's uh, when he first goes to the elevator, he's like whistling jingle bells or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, this is definitely definitely a Christmas movie. And you say if you say otherwise, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. There, there's like when people think of the Christmas movie, they think of the the Christmas movie that has like a message of like family or whatever at the end and. And and it's gonna be like wholesome and and the the main 
you know, like plot or the main point of the plot, the main conflict is what I'm trying to say is, is that there's, it's going to be between like the, the family right. not liking each other and then ultimately learning that they love each other, whatever. And that's all that's, but this is, there can be other types of Christmas movies and this is that other type. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Just because it's not all warm hearted and lovey dovey and giving, you know, gift exchange and all this bullshit and family coming together. It doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie. Right. It is definitely a Christmas movie. <laughs> exactly. And it's one of the best and it's one that I watch every year around Christmas time. And I, I know a lot of people out there do as well. So Die Hard had to be on my list. And uh, before we go uh, on to here, your number three, uh, other, my other trivia question for you is true or false? This was Alan Rickman's cinematic debut. Oh, I'm going to go false. It's true. Damn it. Yeah, it's true. This was his, fair, this was his debut. Uh, I think the producer, it might have been the director, John McTiernan, but they saw him on Broadway playing this character named Valmont. And they and they were like, that's that's our guy, that's our villain. That's, that's awesome. That's gonna be the guy playing. That's Hans awesome. Cooper. And then look what a great career he had before Dude, he, he yeah, ended he up a dying. Smooth, cool cat, man. On 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 that screen, didn't look like a rookie to the camera at all. Yeah, yeah. So rest that's, in peace, that's Alan, a cool Ra- fact. Alan Rickman. Man. Yeah, that's a cool fact too, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that that was his debut. For your debut to be such an iconic character, the, the of, main villain in this movie. I mean, yeah. he would I mean probably has. Forty percent of the airtime, you know, right. during the movie. So that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So and that's your number man. four. That was number three. So three. we're on to three for you. Number three for me: National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Awesome man. Tell me about it. Came out in nineteen eighty nine. Directed by Jeremiah S. Chechik. Chechik. Okay. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. He also directed the movie Benny June with Johnny Depp. Great movie. Um, this. This is a. This is. Just a perfect Christmas movie, and exactly what the holidays are supposed to be like. And I don't mean, I don't mean that by saying everything is warm and cozy. No, I I, I live in reality, and what it's actually like during vacations and holidays is families getting together, kids yelling, people fighting, shit breaking. Nothing goes to plan. Pretty much. Now, of course, my vacations weren't quite as reckless as the Griswold family, but this is what I love to watch. Clark Gris- Griswold. And his family are at it yet again. Perfect holiday movie. You got the opening scene with the driving to pick out the perfect Christmas tree. And he picks out one that's like 15 feet tall. <laughs> Not to mention you notice that all the roots are still attached. So, like, how do you just, like, because, like, <laughs> they get it. They, they pick out the perfect tree. And then the son's like, he's like, wow, did you bring a saw? <laughs> and then he's like, the, the Clark Griswold goes, oh, shit, or whatever. And he goes and gets it. But... You can't get that tree out with just a saw with all of the roots right, underground right, right. still attached. But if you notice, yeah, that's they're, they're driving away, and it's the, it's the whole fucking tree, roots don't, and everything. Don't they put it on top of like a station wagon. Yeah, something? yeah, yeah. They do. It's awesome. But um, he he uh, then they then they put the lights up on the house, and you could practically see the thing from space because it was so bright. And that's just a funny scene too. They can't get the lights to work. Then they get the then they get them to work and. They go back and forth doing that. Uh, then uh, Clark gets stuck in the attic, and his, um, which is a funny scene. And then his cousin-in-law Eddie empties his trailer septic tank into the sewers. He's got a squirrel in his tree. His relatives wrapped a fucking cat for God's sake. I mean, I love this. I love this movie, and I love the scene when uh, Clark stands there at the window, staring, envisioning 
the pool with his family there, and everyone's having a good time, except for the fact that uh, Cousin Eddie's there, and he hates that, but then all of a sudden, everyone kind of just disappears, and then there's this sexy lady from the mall from an earlier scene that's on his diving board, and she's just getting getting undressed, and then his niece comes in, and, uh, oh, God, speaking of the sexy mall girl, that it was, she was oh, yeah. played by Nicolette Scorsese, no relation to Martin Scorsese. Really? Interesting. But she is just sexy. I mean, the Lucky Charms guy isn't here, but even he would agree that she is magically delicious. Nice. I'm just... Did you write that or did you just come up with it? I I just came up with that. (laughs) Nice. Anyway, this movie is comedy gold. There's just so many classic scenes. Like when Clark cuts the turkey and it's just this... It just like explodes open. It's this nasty, dry, dried up thing. It's just... uh, It opens up and like... It like farts out smoke. It's it's hilarious, but it makes me gag because it's just so gross looking. And uh, not only scenes, but uh, a great cast as well. Uh, Obviously, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo as the mom and dad, but also Juliette Lewis as the daughter. John Galecki as the son. You know who John Galecki is, don't Mm -hmm. you? Yeah, yeah. uh, Uh, From Big Bang. uh, Big Bang Theory, yeah. Yeah, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he's the main guy. And you got Doris Roberts as uh, one of the grandparents. She was Grandma's boy or Grandma from Grandma's boy. Oh, cool! Uh, you got Randy Quaid, of Her course, as Cousin Eddie, and Julia Louis uh, Louis Dreyfus. Dreyfus, I think. Dreyfus, however it is, no relation to Richard Richard Dreyfus, but Dreyfus, however you say that. Dreyfus. But she has a cameo, and then uh, Brian Doyle Murray as as Clark's boss, which is Who's awesome. That? That Bill Murray's brother. You just wanted me to say Bill Murray, didn't you? <laughs> Goodness gracious. I wouldn't even go want to go there. I'm not going to do too many quotes for this one, but uh, for, because we would just be here a while. Lots of great clo- quotes, but my all-time favorite is when Clark's boss and his team of associates stop to talk to him about work. As they're walking away, Clark goes, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so great. And uh, then I got a couple of fun facts. In the right. the scene when Chevy Chase couldn't get the lights on his house to work, and he starts punching the decorations on the lawn and kicking Santa Claus and all this shit, uh, he, he starts kicking things because when he punched Santa Claus, he actually broke his pinky finger. Oh, so he had to the take. Yeah, so he just started kicking shit. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> so then he starts kicking things, blah, blah, blah. You got Mae Questel, who is one of the grandparents, who voiced Betty Boop. And it was her very wow. final appearance. And her very final appearance as Betty Boop came out the year before in the amazing movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Nice. Which is really, really cool. And then she died. Um, and Not nice. Obviously, this was her last film. Uh, the, also the movie never actually shows Christmas Day, unfortunately, but... Oh, interesting. So it, it, it ends on Christmas Eve, but still a very Christmas movie. That's it for my number three, Christmas Vacation. I love it. Definitely a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has Christmas in the title, but... Yeah. <laughs> definitely a good classic Christmas movie. For sure. Uh, my number two, we've already talked about it, so we won't harp on it too much, but it is Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, we're back. a mean one. Mr. Grinch, I'm not going to do it, but... You yeah, really are a heel. <laughs> man, just such a classic film, man. Love it. It 
it's one of those that like is going to make me happy and smile. It's always going to put me in a good mood. So if I'm having a bad day, I'll just pop this in and instantly feel better. Just a fun ride from start to finish. We all know Jim Carrey's performance in this is absolutely fantastic. And his like chemistry with the little girl and how she helps him find like his his heart again and and then like going back and looking at him it's it's cool it was a good idea uh an interesting idea to um go back and look at the Grinch as a as a child and like what made him hate Christmas you know and he's like and he and he makes her like the angel out of out of all the uh uh, like all these different like metals and stuff Mm -hmm. and he's like he loves Christmas right then and there yeah he's all about it and that's that's what usually makes someone hate something so much is when they love something so much and then it kind of gets thrown back in their faces for it right you know? and then and then look he, at that hack job yeah i know he like those dude that what was that razor that he was, it, it looked like a, a freaking like uh a lawn what am i what am i thinking of of you know like you, a rake like you're raking leaves it, it yeah. looked like a straight up rake it looked man. weird it yeah. definitely looked like a very strange razor <laughs> and then he gets given one later in the movie too yeah yeah right it's um, like by, oh you just had to do that didn't uh-huh. you wasn't it the mayor yeah it was the mayor who did yeah. it because it was the mayor who gave him one as a as a kid mm-hmm. yep or, yeah. or, or or told him he needed one i guess right yeah but so, yeah what a dick that mayor <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the, the it's so funny man how how like when we just when we first see the grinch like go into town with Max, his dog, and he, like, hands a saw to these kids, and he's like, here you go, run with it, run real fast, go, 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 yeah. go, <laughs> he's, and then, like you said earlier, like, throwing the, the, the letters into all the different mail slots, jury duty, jury duties, it's just so funny, it, and, uh, yeah, man, we've already talked about it so much, so I it's such go a, on It's and just on, such a great movie, yeah, it is, just, I love it, and it's, it's my number two, I'm gonna, uh, I have a couple, uh, trivia questions for you. Well, uh, I had three, but one was already done who narrated the film, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Right. Uh, but another one that goes along with that one is how many days did it take him to record all of his narration? It's multiple choice. So you have seven days, five days, three days, or one day. I'm going to go with three days. One day. <laughs> one day. Let me go one, one day. day. He did it one day. He did it in one day. That's yep. pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, right? I wonder how much you made for that and, like, break it down by hour, like, it's right, incredible, probably. But and then the other one, you'll know this uh, because we brought it up earlier. But uh, this broke the record for highest-grossing Christmas movie when it came out in 2000. So which one held the record before? Home Alone. Home Alone. Yep. So yeah. that's why okay. when you when you asked me, uh, or that, I guess that was our bonus. So it wasn't this episode, but it was our bonus Christmas tr- uh, trivia qu- uh, intermission episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked me like what the highest-grossing movie. That's why I asked you like, well, well when? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if it was. Uh, it, you know, it's not Home Alone. It's not as anymore. Of right. Yeah. And it's probably not even this now. I, I don't know. But something's probably broken it since 2020. Maybe. Maybe. Elf. Yeah, yeah Elf. Elf yeah. was definitely a very, very popular movie mm-hmm. for sure. I love it too. So, anyway, that's my number two. Let's go on uh, to your number two and then we'll go on to our ones. Is that, what, is, is that the order it, we go? That's how that works. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, my number two is A Christmas Story. Awesome. I love this fucking movie. It's I so good. I've never seen this fucking movie. What is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, I've only seen bits and pieces, and I just don't care for it. So. Jesus. Yeah. It's only been me? out since 1983, yeah, Dalton. Come on. doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. And it was directed by Bob Clark. He also did the two Porky's movies. Uh, this is starring Peter Billingsley, Melinda Dillon, Scott Schwartz, and Darren McGavin, among others. 
So first, let me just say that this was an extremely difficult choice to not put as my number one Christmas movie, mm-hmm. because this may be the, the most classic holiday movie ever made, and definitely one that we watched the most in my family. I mean, we watched it every year, and I, I still continue to watch this every year. I mean, every every scene of this movie is just, it's legendary, and it's unforgettable. The movie is literally perfect from start to finish. Basically, if you haven't seen this movie... Like me. You must celebrate Hanukkah, or <laughs> are definitely on the naughty list, because this movie is the definition of Christmas, and is a wonderful tale about Christmas through the eyes of a child. Somewhere in northern Indiana, in the year 1939 to 1940, it's not really specified, a boy named Ralphie wants nothing more for Christmas than an official Red Rider carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock. And which is pretty cool cuz uh we've like been uh while while like taking breaks and stuff recording these last few episodes uh, for Christmas, we've been shooting uh yeah, your BB gun, gun mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh and so we follow Ralphie through the movie trying to convince his parents and Santa Claus to give him one of these BB guns. Only they all say the same thing. You know what it is, Dalton? You at least know that, don't you? Oh yeah, you'll shoot your eye out. You'll kid. shoot your eye out, kid. Yep. <laughs> but seriously, every scene in this movie is amazing. It starts with all the kids looking at the toys in the window. Then you got Ralphie's mother putting thirteen coats on his little brother, and he can't put his arms down. <laughs> you got the father played by the great Darren McGavin, constantly fighting and swearing at the furnace. <laughs> or when Ralphie's friend uh, Flick gets triple dog dared into sticking his tongue onto the cold oh. metal pole outside school, and the firemen have to come and get him unstuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that scene. See, yeah, you do I, know you know some of it. Okay, I'll have to give this a watch because it's such yeah. a great movie. And then and then on the walk home from school, they come across the two bullies, Scut Farkas. Which, by the Scott way, Farkas? I thought his name was Scott, but it's Scut. <laughs> S-C-U-T, Scut. What the fuck is that? What? That's a bully. That's what it is. Yeah, his name is Scut Farkas. You're guaranteed to be a bully. Scut Farkas staring at us with his yellow eyes. He had yellow eyes, so help me God, yellow (laughs) eyes. And then Grover Dill, Farkas's crummy little toady, mean, rotten, his lips curled over his green teeth. And by the way, I have to... Is this movie narrated? It is. Is that is that what you're reading? Like, yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Got the it. narration. Yeah. And and by the way, I have to mention this because the music that is playing when the bullies are around is from the musical composition Peter and the Wolf, which is one of my absolute favorites. I absolutely adore. Very fond of. Uh, it's it's that story that the different instruments that that play are are telling a story for a different animal. Um, my is that, grandmother. Is this a movie. What is this? It's it, no, it's a uh, it's like an opera or it's like a, a old classical music, but it's it's an like, old. I think it's Peter Tchaikovsky it like, or like however you say that Tchaikovsky. crazy. Yeah, Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. He did this, I believe. Um, Wait, so so is it is it like Fantasia where it's animated? No, scenes? there's no animation. Okay. I mean, I think that they eventually did like years uh-huh. later. But this is just a story through music. Awesome. Every okay. every instrument, like the oboe, is like the duck, and then the clarinet is the little uh-huh. bird in the tree, yeah. and then you have like uh, something else is the cat, and okay. then the tuba is the grandfather, and 
it's very famous. Beware well, the grandfather. Well, no, it's it's Peter and the Wolf, and then uh, there's also the grandfather of Peter, and then there's also like the the men who go looking for the lost boy because he gets lost in the woods. And it tells the story, and it also uh, you can either listen to the story with just music, but they also have like a narrated version for the kids, so you know what's happening oh, in cool. the story. Okay, it's really cool. My grandmother played this for me all the time when I was a kid, uh, and I listen to it every once in a while. I even have it on like a old cassette player thing, no a cassette tape. Uh-huh. Which luckily for me, I have a record player that also plays cassettes, so nice. that's pretty cool. I own one cassette, and 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 it's a. Uh, Raindrops keep falling on my head. Raindrops keep falling yeah. on my head. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, too, if you haven't heard Peter and the Wolf, you should definitely go go check it out after this podcast. Go YouTube it. Peter and the Wolf, it's a great story. Uh, there's also so many other classic scenes. The Bumpus Hounds, that great scene uh, where the, where the, the hillbilly know. neighbor's dogs are everywhere, and they according to Ralphie own at least 785 smelly hound dogs. That shit's just hilarious, because there's no way anyone owns 785 dogs. No, dude, the, the, the <laughs> dog food alone would bankrupt you. Right. And one of the best things in the world is when the, the dad wins this incredible prize. I and do it, know this. It's a lamp of a woman's leg. Uh-huh. By far one of the greatest movie props in history, and I want that lamp for my own house so bad. That would That would just go so great with all my movie stuff. So <laughs> if you're planning on getting me a Christmas gift... No. Go ahead and get me a leg lamp because that's what I really want. Dude, my work uh, a few years ago, they did a uh, white elephant gift exchange. Yeah. And someone, that. and it was like $25 or under, and someone had done like a little like one and a half foot tall lamp of that. That's awesome. And dude, did it light up? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. actually lit up? That's cool. It had the little string next to it and everything. Yeah. And that's what everybody wanted except me because I didn't really know what it was from. Yeah. It was still cool. Like, I was down to get it, but everybody was so adamant about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh I would have been fighting for that for sure. <laughs> and I love I love when uh, that lamp gets delivered too. It's like this giant box and and the dad goes, fragile must be Italian. And then his wife goes, I think that says fragile, honey. <laughs> anyway, it's such a great scene. Uh, Ralphie's hilarious daydream scenes are also great, uh, especially when he's, like, blind or he's shooting Black Bart. Um, I'm sorry I, I happen to be going over the entire movie, but I'm not done. I'm not even close. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and make it quick. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, like Dalton, uh, then spoiling this movie for you no, is your punishment for being communist. <laughs> so that's what you get for me telling you more. So there's the great scene where they go get a Christmas tree, and then on the way home, they get a flat tire. Oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. That that wonderful, famous scene. Yeah. Don't know it. You don't, I know you don't know it. It's just like, oh my God, dude. Like, he basically, he says fuck instead of fudge in front of his dad while they're changing a tire. Oh, and the narration says. And then he goes home and he gets soap in his mouth and everything else. And (laughs) they're asking where he heard the word. Probably from his father. No, he heard it from your son. What? 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 So great. Was it Scott? No, it wasn't Scott. He blamed it on, like, Flick, I think, who got his tongue. Or maybe it was, uh, no, it was Schwartz. He blamed it on These his names, friend man. Schwartz. I love him. Yeah. Uh, I haven't even mentioned the narrator throughout this movie, who is Gene or John, Gene Shepard. 
And he's also the guy who wrote the novel and screenplay, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. So he got him narrated as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And by the way, kids, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Ovaltine? That crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line in that. Yeah, thanks, little orphan Annie. Oh God. Uh, then I'm there's just that. Laughing because I, I see how much you love this. I love this movie, man. Oh God. Then there's the scene with Santa in the mall, which is great. Football. What's a football? And then Christmas morning has finally come, and what a glorious Christmas it was for Ralphie. Well, minus the uh, super embarrassing pink bunny suit, but. What a what a Christmas for the dad too, who got a bowling ball basically dropped on his balls. Literally, they're like, "Oh, I see something for daddy," and then the wife puts it like just drops it on his nuts, oh and he goes, gosh. "Thanks a lot." <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh oh, the Bumpus dogs are back, and they ruined the turkey. So now they have nothing to eat for Christmas dinner. They have to go to a Chinese restaurant and eat a smiling happy duck not to mention the slightly racist fa ra 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 <laughs> okay you get it you get it yeah you know how great this movie yeah. is well you don't but i am done no more i won't spit out any fun facts for this one because we would be here for hours so a christmas story one of the greatest holidays holiday movies i have ever seen and one i watch every single year dalton Get with the fucking program, man, and watch A Christmas Story. You got it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> What's your number one? A very Harold and Kumar Christmas. No, it's not. It's not. I'm kidding. You <laughs> lying sack of shit. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Elf. Elf. All it right. It is Elf, my friend. Absolutely. Nice. came out in 2003, directed by John Favreau. This movie has not a single bad moment second scene in its entire run it's it's magical this is pure magic in cinema form it was directed uh i don't know if i mentioned this but directed by john favreau who also voices uh the narwhal bye buddy hope you find your dad (laughs) he does that he also plays the doctor later on in this as well i know we've already like talked about it so we've gone over quite a few scenes already uh but i did want to go over more yeah i want to go over more one line that i really love was the you're a cotton-headed ninny muggins (laughs) i just love that i'm not cotton whatever it was yeah yeah just the just that just cotton-headed ninny muggins i had never heard that before in my life and it was just pure joy to hear that in my ear canal. I was like, what is that? It's awesome. Uh, some favorite scenes of mine uh, were uh, the, when uh, Buddy first arrives in New York. And just uh, that's just the going through and seeing him like a fish out of water, like just so amazed by this new world because all he knows is the North Pole. He's like jumping on every crosswalk, yeah. white line, and then he's like he's like picking gum off the, the subway yeah, like entrance. What, yeah, and before he goes, his dad, played by Bob Newhart, tells him not to eat the gum. Or I think Santa Claus tells yeah, him Yeah, one do of that. them does, and, yeah. and he does it anyway. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he does it. And, and he's like, and by the way, they, they all say it's the best coffee. It's not. And then he goes in, and he's like, oh, it's the best coffee in New York. And he goes You in, did it! Yeah! 
Yes, yeah, right. He's just so <laughs> he's so happy and he's smiling. I just, I just love smiling. Smiling is my favorite. Smiling happy. Francisco, Francisco. that's fun to say. Francisco. <laughs> he just lights up at the the room whenever he walks into it. It's amazing. What, what's the secretary's name? Uh, because oh, I, I think it's like Deborah or something. He's like Deborah. You're so pretty. You belong on a Christmas on card. A Christmas card. <laughs> you just made my day. I know. And just, <laughs> did you see how like her whole demeanor just changed? She yeah. just got so happy and like. Man, I just I wish I could be that kind of person, and like maybe one day, it it does take a lot of energy. But if that energy is coming out of just like pure happiness for yourself, and like and it's just in you, and it's just so much that you're overflowing, and it goes into other people. That's that that's the kind of person that I I would like to be. Definitely not, but that that would be that would be very nice to just meet a person wherever you go, and you just instantly make their day better. Because you have a, a truly genuine compliment to give them, or they just uh, they feel your energy and your attitude, and it makes their day better, uh, or their mood instantly better. That's what it's all about. Um, but it, going back to the scenes, the uh, the passion fruit spray. She's like, "Would you like to try our passion fruit spray?" And he's like, "Passion fruit spray," and he sprays it into his mouth, and she mm. and she's like, "What?" Like you could tell on her face, she's like, "No, that's not how you." And he's just like, "I like it," and he like gives it back to her and he's when he's on the escalator and he doesn't know how to use it and so he like does like a full-on split going up it and everybody's just like piling on to this escalator and this big like six foot five tall man is taking up like 10 steps yeah oh man that's gold right there it's absolutely hilarious um the the guy who um phase in love who plays the gimbals manager yeah yeah i love him man how how he thinks that uh corporate is like coming have for you seen job. this place yeah they yeah. brought they brought in professionals <laughs> somebody aiming for my job i know it's, it's so great it's like dude you're just, you're just the manager of like christmas store you're yeah. good but then when he gives them all like walkie talkies and he's like all right if you see anything let me know i'll be on channel three code word is santa's got a brand new bag <laughs> I love it. The that is great. S- the snowball fight that they have with those kids in Central Park when he's walking, what is his, Tommy or something, the, the son's name? He's like walking him yeah. home and they get hit by the, the snowballs and then all of a sudden Will Ferrell is just like Buddy the Elf is just just launching him out. He's like, here, make some snowballs real fast. And it shows the kid and he's like quick. He's like made like two or three as fast as he can. And then it pans over. And then all of a sudden, buddy has like 30 snowballs Mm. already made and they're all perfect. Yeah. And he just starts like just machine gunning these kids with snowballs. And then there's finally the, the one kid who got away and he's running away back there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, he got away. And he's like, Oh no, he doesn't. And then he, and then he like lines it up and then he throws it and you see it just like, and then like hits the kid in the back and the way that the kid falls is hilarious that kid did a great job <laughs> with what he was asked yeah. to do yeah and um and then uh also when he's uh, the my 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 favorite 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 one in this entire movie is when he's basically relegated to like quality control because he's not keeping up with his quota mm. with the edge of sketches or whatever and so he has to check all the jack in the boxes i love that and part. it's like pop and he's like, okay. And then ah! like, he marks it off, and he's like, all right, that one's good. And then it's like, <laughs> and he's like, okay, all right, that's a bad one. He moves it over, and then, <laughs> and then it gets, and then it pops out at him. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that is yeah. great. And then, hey, by the way, going back to the, what is it, gimbals? You said 
uh, yeah, Gimbal's the the Christmas. Yeah, so I actually I read that the the scene when uh, Buddy the Elf and the the fake he realizes that the Santa there is fake and isn't oh, actually yeah. Santa, and they're like they're crashing all through the decorations that he just put mm-hmm. up with all those like Legos of New York City. Yeah, right. They did that on one take because it would have taken way too fucking long to remake oh, right, all that. Yeah. So they had to perfect that scene, and they did, I guess. Because oh wow! They, yeah, they did that in one take. <laughs> because that would have sucked if they didn't. Oh I mean, gosh, all right. those Legos of the Empire State Building and Chrysler Building and stuff that they do. That reminds me of like uh, Tropic Thunder when when they have to nail the explosions of the jets coming over. Oh yeah, and then it turns out that they weren't recording. They weren't even filming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great. great. Um, the workshop scenes where, where when he's with the 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 big guy and he's like, oh, I'm 26, and he's obviously not. He's like 50, and uh, and they're just like drinking. Uh, add the bourbon out of the thing, and and then Buddy gets like super drunk, and they're just dancing on top of the. Hey, oh, oh man, it's, hey. it's, it's like you need to you need to see what's going on in the mail. Yeah, I think he even says like twenty three or something. He's like, you, dude, you look like you're fifty. I know, right? Like, twenty three, <laughs> living with my parents, and just don't know what I'm gonna do or something That's like so that. Great. Yeah, That's it's so awesome. Great. Um, but uh, aside from like all the comedy, this is actually like technically brilliant as well. The force perspective that they have to do to show Buddy as this as an obviously not elf, and and he's with all these other elves, but the elves are regular humans, right? But they didn't they didn't do any CGI with this. They literally they have like forty six different shots of you can watch it on Netflix. They have a thing, uh, you know, they have like the toys that made us. They also have the mm. movies that made us. Mm. And so I watched a little clip from that uh, in preparation for this and. The amount of effort that went into making all those forced perspective shots is incredible. Yeah. Like that, like that, that scene that you did, that you made that you put on Facebook of, that opens of like where you put my face over, buddy, which is hilarious, by the way. Um, that that scene where he's like in the front of the class and they're going over the three rules of of, of elfdom or elf elfhood or whatever. Right. And and uh, the, like they literally just put him like in front of everybody and then up on a board and then they painted the board so that it looked like the floor and then like angled the camera so that he looks like he's just massive, but yeah. he's 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 not. That's it's just, cool. Yeah, camera tricks. And then the way that, that they yeah, and the way that they had him sitting on Bob Newhart's lap. And they literally what what they had like and you have Bob Newhart's like little elf legs coming out underneath Buddy mm-hmm. and what they did was Bob Newhart was like ten feet back from uh, Will Ferrell and they had a kid with his little legs who was like reclined on a chair below Will Ferrell so you couldn't see the kid but you could only see his legs and then Bob Newhart was like way back. That's crazy. Yeah, and they even do the. I this, love it. Movie magic, man. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's just, it just if like go on YouTube and look up that like the movies that made us Elf, and they'll show you a few the ways that they shot uh, a few of those scenes, and it, it's freaking that awesome, mind blowing. Because right. I actually I remember yeah. too. I I owned, I don't own Elf currently, which we I had it on the PSP back mm, in the day. Mm. And I remember watching the special Classic. features for it, and they would show, like, so if you have the DVD of Elf, just go watch the special oh, right, features, because yeah. they'll show you a lot of the filming of that movie. It was really cool mm-hmm. to watch. I do remember that. A lot of green screen shit, but still, very cool. So, yeah, man, I like I could, I could go uh, on and on about Elf, but I'm going to end it with a couple trivia questions for you. All right. Uh, what is in the picture in the Elves' break room? 
What is in the what? The pitcher, the pitcher. like where you normally have like coffee. It wasn't coffee. What what did the elves have I, in there? I could only assume it's syrup. It's syrup, yeah. Okay. I knew you'd get that one, yeah. I figure, I mean. And then, uh, actually, well, you definitely know this one because we just talked about it. I didn't realize how well you knew it. Um, but my trivia question was, Peter Billingsley appears briefly in the beginning as the elf Ming Ming. What famous uh, Christmas character did he play before? And you know that. Do I? Peter Billingsley. Peter Billingsley. Bro, you just we just talked about this movie. I'm having a mind blank. It's okay. It's okay. You get tired. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, he was he was Ralphie. He was Ralphie Parker. Oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. That's right. Yes. I I'm sorry. I do remember that now. Yeah. He's like, but he 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 has like two lines. Yeah. I know. He's yeah. like the in the very he, beginning. He's isn't the he the guy that's just like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, buddy. I'm gonna have to put you in the other room no, or the, whatever. No no. Uh, I don't. He, he's. Well, I don't. I actually don't. He's just. He's the elf Ming Ming is what I looked up. I don't yeah. remember him. I feel like he was one that's like, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muffin or whatever. He's the not fuck. that. Is he? he I no, feel like he was that guy. He, he's. He might be that guy. He might. I don't. I don't know Peter Billingsley's like face very well. Well, I. Know? I. I mean, we're talking about when Peter Billingsley was like nine to where he was like fifty or forty. Three or something like that. Right. So it could be, he could look yeah. way different. I, d- I don't remember what character, but yeah, I do remember reading that he was actually in this movie. Yeah, there for was like why, a one line, two line kind of character. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up while we go on to like your number one and bring it up. But it just the the trivia question said that he appears briefly in the beginning. Right. And that guy has like quite he has quite a few lines. I know? figured they would give him at least a couple lines. Yeah, he he has to have right? at least one. Yeah. I mean, it's Peter Billingsley. He's the classic Ralphie. From Christmas Story, like Deserved you said. It. So yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I couldn't. I was blanking on that, even though I just read his name. Not but what ten minutes ago. I know, right? But not a big deal. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he is that guy. You're right. Oh, that is. Him. Okay, cool. That, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Oh, so the trivia question was wrong. He he definitely doesn't just appear briefly in the beginning. He's in the movie. He's in for the movie. sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's what threw me off, man. My bad. That's okay. That was your number one. Anything else? No, I mean, there's plenty more for Elf, but yeah. Well, we'll I'm about we'll, to we'll be I'm about to be a cheater, because my number one is actually two movies. Okay, it's both. It's both. Well, all right, then let me do this. Let me just I I did uh have a, a, a few honorable mentions. Uh, so I'm just gonna mention those real fast. I had okay. I, I mentioned Rare Exports. Uh, so I have, I have two Rare what is Exports. It? A Christmas Rare tale. Exports. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's uh it's Finnish. It, it's it takes place in Finland. In, in the bonus episode, remember when we talked about where the Christmas tree like were uh, originated and it was Germany? Yeah. Or you thought it was Germany, mm-hmm. and I would have thought Finland because of this movie. Um, but um, but it actually was Turkey. But anyway, um, in Rare Exports, basically it's a this kid uh who lives out in Finland, and it was recommended to me by uh, a guy who's in uh, one of my writing groups that I'm a part of. Uh, named Russ. So Russ, thank you for recommending this movie to me. Uh, I I wanted to check it out for you. Didn't make my top ten, but it's still it, it's a good movie. It's basically uh, these these guys uh, find the real Santa Claus, like like the real real Santa Claus, not the the one that we know in our, our traditional stories. He's like the Krampus type. Uh, it's not Krampus, but he's like the the original OG Chris, uh, Santa Claus who they find his grave. <laughs> uh, yeah, they literally do. They okay. They, he's he's Basically, they built a mountain around him, and they put him in ice, and they froze him, and then they and then they just put a mountain over him so no one would ever find him because he's pure evil, and he and he has elves 
who just who basically go and just steal naughty boys and girls and they bring him to Santa Claus and, and yeah, I'm never still see here. the kids again. Yeah, I, right. It, well, that's because he's he's frozen in a mountain in uh, in Finland, dude. No, oh, so it's, and so the kid he lives with his dad next to this mountain, and these Americans are over there claiming that they're doing mi- they're mining for specimens, but they're actually trying to get the Santa Claus out, and then they end up catching who they who they uh, they they catch. Uh, one of the elves, but they think that they've actually caught Santa Claus, but in reality, they have not at all. Santa Claus is like 40 times bigger than a, a human being. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah, and it's it's a, it's a fun movie. It, it kind of lost me towards the end and then had a good ending, so you know, it wasn't good all the way throughout, but it was a good movie and, and was fun to watch, so I would recommend you check it out just because it's different. Nice. And then the other one was Happiest Season. Uh, I haven't uh, seen which, that yeah, It just came out on Hulu this year. I uh, I heard mixed reviews about it, um, but I, I I watched it with a a lady friend uh, this past weekend, and uh, I actually truly enjoyed it. It's about uh, a lesbian couple, and they uh, oh, Christmas. I, now I know I'm gonna enjoy it too. <laughs> right, uh, Aubrey Plaza's in this, so I was definitely down to oh, watch it. Oh, all right. It. Yeah. So and she plays a lesbian as well. It's very much like like it has a lot of like. Um, it's about like what it's like to be homosexual, like in not like not just in general, like but like it. What it is is they're um, coming as a straight man. It's hard for me to like say this like properly, you know. But uh, basically, Kristen Stewart is in a, a lesbian couple with this with this other girl, and the other girl they go visit her family for Christmas. Right. But this other girl has not told her family that she's in a relationship and she has uh, not told oh. them that she is lesbian. Like ever, oh. right? And so basically, Kristen Stewart has to pretend that she is this girl's friend, her roommate, mm. for most of the movie. And you could see how that would like really frustrate you. And they get caught fucking, don't they? <laughs> no, 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 no. They, Damn it! Well, now I'm not gonna watch right. the movie. No, I'm just well, kidding. No, it's just um, it, joking. A friend of mine on Facebook said that it, it was a a gay movie made for straight people, and and so. I, uh, apparently gay people don't really like this and I would I, I, for me, I didn't like the part it's like just talk just communicate with each other this girl was so wrapped up in how her family viewed her that she was neglecting her own partner who she claims is the love of her life and wants to like live the rest of her life with and it's like you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to like toughen up and tell your family yeah, or else you're gonna lose this person and suck it up I thought I was. I thought I wasn't gonna enjoy it, and I actually really did. And uh, the performances were okay, but I actually Aubrey Plaza really made the movie for me. And uh, so I wanted to put it on my honorable mentions before you have your your go. So my two part number one pick for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry that I had to pick two. I just I love them both the same. I could not pick. I couldn't choose. Between Home Alone and Home Alone Two, Lost in oh, New York. Oh, nice. I love them both. Oh, Home Alone, of course, came out in 1990. Home Alone 2, 1992. Both directed by Chris Columbus, which we've said. We've also said that it was. It starred Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, uh, John Hurd, Catherine O'Hara, and then you got Roberts Blossom and John Candy in the first one, and Brenda Fricker, Rob Schneider, and Tim Curry in the second one. Nice. But I love them both the same, so I, I couldn't choose. But the first Home Alone... Easily a classic Christmas movie, and honestly, if you haven't seen it, why are you listening to a movie podcast? 
You must have horrible tastes in movies. Like, what do you? If you haven't seen Home Alone, press pause. Don't come back until you've seen this movie. Okay, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, equally as great to me. I might be a little biased. I love anything to do with New York City. Right. I don't know. I just love the second one. So, basic premise of these movies. It's in the title. It's about a young boy named Kevin McAllister who was supposed to go on vacation with his large family but gets left at home by himself. In the second one, he gets on the wrong plane and instead of going to Miami with his family, accidentally goes to New York City, as Dalton said before. And then, while being alone, he runs into two burglars, Harry and Marv, who are trying to rob his house, and in the second one, a toy store. And they will stop at nothing to do so. Unfortunately, Kevin keeps outsmarting them, sets up a lot of different hilarious booby traps that slow, slow them down. As we've discussed, my favorite in this first movie uh, was when Harry grabs the hot doorknob, permanently scarring his palm head with the... You, you got it. Yeah. I, I said it before. Yeah. Second, I told you, was when he slips in the green shit and gets paint all over him, blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. Because... It's just so it's it's so funny. It's so great to watch. I don't know. Uh, hilarious. Both movies, hilarious. Both movies are so great. I love in the first one when Kevin goes into Buzz's room and goes through his chest with all his goodies like baseball cards oh. and firecrackers and snacks. There's a Playboy magazine and a picture of a girl. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know that the part where he uh, goes and, and he finds his like Playboy mm. that was real. Yeah, it was a real yeah. Playboy. But they actually, uh, I, I read that they like they like glued the pictures or the pages stuck so he couldn't go and look through oh, the. Because I've read that it, that his reaction was real. That it was it was. Well, the cover real. was real. Ah, okay, maybe that's what it was. But they don't show the huh. nakedness on the cover. They show a little bit, but they don't show everything. You know what I mean? Well, we're getting conflicting facts here, but that's okay. Well, maybe, but I did read that fun fact that the picture of Buzz's girlfriend, Wolf, was actually a boy dressed as a girl. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a way to that's a way to do it, like, you know, without being mean to the girl, you know? Let's right. Just, let's let's have it not be a girl at all, just be a guy. Yeah. Right. And and we've also already discussed that uh, Joe Pesci was also filming Goodfellas at the same time. That's why he had trouble cursing. Mm. But what's really cool is that uh Pesci um, well, he would say, like, fridge instead of fuck and whatever. That's why you would hear him go, frigid, But another fun fact is that Joe Pesci purposefully actually avoided Macaulay Culkin on set. He wanted Macaulay to think that he was mean. I did read that. Yeah. So I, I thought that was cool. Uh-huh. You know, you got to help the youngster seem right. a little more believable. Yeah, so. kind of like Alan Rickman helped out the uh, the young kids on Harry Potter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Two great guys to, like, learn acting from, you know? Right. Oh, God, Joe Pesci is, he's God, man. Yeah. He's, he's great. Uh, in the scene where Kevin goes to see the fake Santa after he talks to him, you see the Santa drive off, and then his car stalls out. Well, that actually happened. The car oh, actually no stalled out. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, the, the the younger kid Fuller, we both, we are you already mentioned, uh, yeah. Kieran. That's yeah, one Kieran, of, yeah. One he's of in Macaulay's the first one brothers. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the at the end of the first movie, it starts to snow, but it was actually mashed potato flakes. Ew! It wasn't snow. Okay. It was mashed potato flakes. Good old Hollywood magic. And my favorite fun fact for the very first movie is hard to notice, but it's so great. So when you 
when, near the beginning of the movie, when Kevin finds out that Buzz ate the last slice of cheese pizza and pretends to start throwing it up, Kevin like runs into him, knocking over the milk all over the counter and getting the plane ticket soaked. But Kevin's dad, then he comes up to clean it and accidentally throws out one of the plane tickets. They only show it for like half a second. Um, so he throws out the, he accidentally throws out one of the plane tickets in the trash along with all the napkins. And that ticket says Kevin on top. Oh, no way. Right. So, and then a bit later in the movie, the dad mentions throwing the plane tickets in the microwave to dry. But obviously he missed one. Huh. Nice. But what that means is that even if Kevin had been woken up and made it to the airport yeah. and terminal with everyone else, he still wouldn't have gotten on the plane because he still didn't have a plane ticket <laughs> to France to go with them, which is just an awesome little Easter egg. I like that. Or Christmas gift, I should say. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, let's get to some facts about the second movie. So okay. again, I love this one so much just because it takes place in New York. You see awesome places in New York where Kevin goes, including Radio City Hall, the Statue of Liberty, the Chrysler Building, and then the now extremely sad scene where he's on top of the World Trade Center towers, or one of the towers. Um, The house where he sets up the booby traps was actually filmed in Hollywood. However, the address was 51 West 95th Street. And if you remember, Dalton, when I lived in New York, I was on the east side. I was on... East 97th Street and wow. 3rd Avenue. So, no way. yeah, it was only, huh. it was just, I mean, all I had to do was cross the park There's and it was right there. Away. Yeah. Well, that's not how I'm getting there. <laughs> nice. It's a Mitchell good joke. But I, I actually went down uh, West 95th a few times. I, I just, I obviously, the, um, it wasn't actually shot there, but the very outside of the building was West 95th, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, growing up watching this movie, I always wanted that Talkboy recorder that he uses in the movie, and I actually got like a little mini version of it. It was a keychain. I got a mini version of it. Did too. you? Yeah. Was it keychain? Yeah. That's awesome, and it worked. Yeah, right. It worked. You could. It had like three little settings or whatever. Like you could record, you could play back, and then you could delete whatever you uh-huh. you yeah, had. Mine broke like rather quickly, but yeah. I remember yeah, I had it for for like probably like two years before. You it, got a good one. Well, I mean, it it sounded like shit after like right. a couple months, but yeah, it, it worked. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it actually worked, just being that small, you know. I wish I still had it, but uh, the the scenes at the Plaza Hotel they were actually shot at the Plaza Hotel and owned by Donald Trump, mm-hmm. which is why he makes an appearance. The phone number on the commercial for the Plaza Hotel was the real phone number, <laughs> um, which is cool. Also, the production spent a lot of money on artificial snow for the scenes at Central Park. And then shortly after they were done shooting, a blizzard came through New York. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they literally spent like thousands and thousands, like hundreds of thousands of dollars on just fake snow. And then fucking, and then snow comes through. (laughs) That sucks. Uh, great fact a great fact that I have is when Kevin first gets on the plane and sits next to the French guy asking him if he's ever been to Florida. The Frenchman then talks and talks and talks, and I always wondered what he said. I always wondered why he was talking to this guy. Unless you speak French, you're you're never going to know, but what he actually says is, what's that? I'm from France, and I'm a tourist here. It's my first time coming to America. Do you know a good restaurant? Or may your parents know a uh, a good restaurant? 
Why aren't you responding? You speak a bit of French, right? I don't speak English at all. Give me a bit of help, at least. My name is Andre. What's your name? Like that's... I like that you looked that up. Well, he you just kept speak. talking and talking. I, I literally I copy and pasted like the the, right, the yeah. script and I put it on Google Translator and that's what it was. <laughs> I thought that was great. It's funny once you know what he's saying. Yeah, though. right. Uh, Duncan's toy chest was made to look like the wonderful, famous FAO Schwartz. If you ever go to New York, definitely check out that toy store. It's huge. I think the third floor is like strictly Lego world, basically. Mm. Have you been to no. FAO Schwartz? No. Oh, dude, we live there. You should have gone. I know, right? It's cool. It's really, There's, really there cool. There quite a few things I didn't get a chance to do. Just, you know, just going about my, my daily life. I didn't think of myself like as a tourist, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, it... it I was also going to say the uh, the pigeon lady was based on the old bird woman from one of my favorite movies, Mary Poppins. No, you sure. know, Toppins, yeah. Toppins. Yeah, it was based on her. Cool. Uh, during the pr- production of this movie, John Hughes wrote the script for Home Alone 3, where M- Macaulay Culkin would return as a teenager. But then Macaulay Culkin quit acting in 1994. So he had to rewrite the whole script, and if you've seen Home Alone 3, you know it's not as good, and makes you wish Macaulay Culkin had just yeah. stuck with acting, because seriously, <laughs> Home Alone 3 is garbage. Really? I, I, no, was... no, I, I'm sorry. I, I used to like it a lot, I mean, but dude, I rewatched it with my brother oh, like really? two days ago. It's terrible. Oh, okay, because I haven't terrible. seen it since like, you know, I was probably like 12, but... It, it sucks. Damn, man, that... Well, I mean, it's it's abs- it's donkey shit compared to these two for sure. But oh, definitely. You know, it, as a kid, it was good. Yeah, but a, now good rewatching kids. it, it's bad, man. I just it's remember bad. being like, just like being really attracted to that uh, woman, the one of the, the one of the bad the bad people. Well, you know, the, uh, the woman in like the black. Yeah, I know who uh, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson plays his sister. I think this is one of her first oh, roles. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even I, I didn't even know he had a sister. That's how much I remember. Was she? I don't think she like. She's not. She had a. He had an older sister and older brother in the movie, and they both like had to go to school because he had the chicken pox, and that's why he Mm. was home alone. Right. Anyway, it's not a good movie. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I have just a little bit more to say. Uh, If you remember your Michael Jackson history, you may remember that he used to hang out with Macaulay Culkin Mm -hmm. and have him over at his house. Um, Michael Jackson also visited Macaulay Culkin on set from time to time, which is super creepy. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, there's, I don't know, there's, there really is just so many wonderful fun facts for both of these movies. If you want to know more, you can always find them on IMDb. I wish that we were sponsored by them. I think we've said that before, but it's true. One day, maybe. Yeah, one, one day. Both such wonderful movies, and I make, I make sure to watch them. Every Christmas. But that's it for me. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a happy new year. Hopefully 2021 will be better than this shit show, and that's that's all I really want for Christmas. Same, man. Is for 2021 to be a little bit better. So, um... Yeah, I hope everyone had a great Christmas, and, and yeah, definitely have a happy new year. Exactly. We'll see you next year. We are going to see you in 2021, and I... I, I can't guarantee that it's going to be a real treat, but I sure hope it is. <laughs> what uh, movie are we going to watch that we talk about at the beginning of our next episode? Right. So next episode, we are going to be watching the movie. It's called The Rat Pack, and I have not seen it, and I don't believe you have either. Yeah, not, this is a it. this is kind of a biography movie about The Rat Pack, which is, you know, uh, Frank Sinatra, 
Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and a couple others. And uh, it, it should be interesting. I, I've heard really good things about it. I heard it's very colorful and and uh, just, just cinematically fun to watch. So we will be talking about that next episode, and then we're going to go right into our top ten biography movies. Very fitting. Yeah, I, fi- I thought it would be a nice little leeway into, yeah, I like that. into biographies. So that's it for this year. That's it for 2020. We will see you guys next year, and I hope, I pray, that it's going to be a a real real treat. treat.